Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Richard Porter. And I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and this week the new Ford Bronco. We had dinner with my sister-in-law and she said, the ast- astro- astronaut, I can't even say it, the ast- astrological signs, I get astrology and astronomy mixed up. One of them's bobbins, one of them's real. Yeah, ast- that's right. Astrology is bobbins. Yes, and okay. astronomy is the study of stars, which is not- That's right. So apparently there's been a new, um, I don't know, a star constellation discovered a few days ago. And that means that, she said, that means all of the astrological signs are going to be out. That means you're no longer going to be a Pisces. Oh, no. And I said, I said, what really? Does that mean, what What am I now? And, she, and I think she, she might have got a bit Moulinex. mixed up. Yes, exactly. So Lytotes. <laughs> I, and I, all I said was, hang on, does that mean Russell Grant's going to be furious? Because <laughs> all of his, you know, all of his archive is just down the toilet. Is he still alive? I think. Oh, I hate. I'd hate to talk about someone presuming that they're alive or they're not. Let me just check whether he's alive. I mean, well, he would have foreseen his own death anyway, wouldn't he? Oh no, wait, he wouldn't because everything that he deals in is total horseshit. I forgot about that. <laughs> Russell Grant horoscopes. Um, well, he's still got a website, russellgrant.com <laughs> forward slash horoscopes. <laughs> Gosh, that can't be his real website. That is awful. That's, it looks like it's just a festival of clip art. <laughs> I, I, oh, clip art. Russell Grant. I'm just going to write Russell Grant dead in it. I just well, don't. Well, I mean. I don't think he's dead. No, we'd, we'd have. Oh, I don't know. Would we have heard about it? Would we have been paying attention? Yeah, because he used to be on like. Um, it wouldn't have made the evening news, would it? It just sort of wouldn't, unless there it was would have a made, really slow news day. It would have made morning television. Oh yeah, it, but not really like would. the ten o'clock. It wouldn't make the ten o'clock. The, uh, the headlines tonight: The astronomer Russell Grant has died at the age of. I don't know. <laughs> the nice. astrologer. That's it. Not the astronomer. Oh gosh, gotcha, yeah, that's the thing. Because Patrick Moore would start spitting on him. Yes, Patrick he, Moore is dead. Patrick Moore is definitely dead. Why do we get mixed up with people who may or may not be dead sometimes? And there's always things that happen on Twitter and and, and other social media where somebody just presumes somebody's dead and then it spreads within minutes. Well, it's when somebody's, yeah, somebody's name starts trending and your first thought is, oh, no, oh, no. Hmm. Like I saw not that long ago, David Attenborough started trending and I was like, no, 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 no. And thankfully... It was. It wasn't to do with him passing away. He's still with us. You presumed it was death. Yeah. Well, because he's quite well, elderly. Prince now. Philip. Prince yeah, Prince Philip. Prince Philip's a prime example. I mean, in fact, uh, this weekend just gone. I messaged you, didn't I? Um, I went away with the family for a couple of days um, to the Norfolk coast, 
Mm. And um, we we went past Sandringham, where old um, Phil the Greek did that did that amazing manoeuvre with his Land Rover Freelander. Well, flipped his Freelander <laughs> on its side. Yeah, we yes. went past the uh, the lay-by, which I think should have a brass plaque at the side. Does it you know, not? Well, I didn't see one. I'd love or it. A beautifully, if... a beautifully rendered statue of a Freelander 2 on its side. Oh, my gosh, that's what they should do. Get a sec- oh, the detail. The detail of the routing of the exhaust system on the underside is exquisite. We, they should totally do... Why don't they just use a real one and then plant some really beautiful plants on it? Because Sandringham Estate's all very immaculate and leafy, that whole area is. So you could do a one of those like sponsored roundabout statue type things. <laughs> so it could be Phil the Greek's dead Freelander on its side <laughs> with a load of colour coded flowers. I'd quite like to see that. Well, you should write to Norfolk County Council. I'm sure they'd love to hear from you. I I couldn't do that. <laughs> I don't think I could do write to Norfolk County Council. I'd have too much to say (laughs) about Norfolk in general. Yeah, we can't go down. Point seven. Why are you so flat? I mean, I saw a number of lotuses um, while I was over in the over the border. Uh, And what was that other car that I saw? Oh, um, I saw two interesting relics. One was the um, both X Reg. One was modern X Reg, um, which was a Nissan Primera in that colour flip. I think it was. Oh, really. Well, Bloody I th- hell. Yeah, uh, it was. It had its hazards on. That's a rarity. Yeah, it had its hazard warning lights on outside a post office, and I'm certain the person <laughs> ran in for cigarettes. And then, uh, and then I saw a really mint old X Reg. So what'd that be? Eighty two, ninety two. Uh, yeah, eighty two. Um, a Toyota Crown. Wow. Driven by a pair of very old people. Obviously, they weren't both driving it. One of them was in the passenger seat. <laughs> Otherwise, that wouldn't be a spectacle to behold. One was doing the pedals. <laughs> yeah. And the other was doing the steering. One's leg was just moving across the footwell and just doing like the clutch <laughs> or the brake. Uh, yeah. Wow, a Toyota Crown. Yeah. And it was mint. And it just, it hmm. just burbled past on the seafront of um Hun Stanton and I did a proper double take I thought oh that's that's great burbled past would that have had a straight thick in it I'm pretty sure it was a straight thick yeah because I um, think those were <clears throat> a straight thick so I yeah. think I think they were and that's that's the very silky but probably not very fast kind of oh no 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 I mean I reckon it's probably it would be like a sort of I think it was the Nissan Laurel that had a 2.6 litre straight, straight thick in it. But, yeah. but for the sake of argument, let's say the Toyota Crown had like a 2.5 litre straight six, and I bet it was making 104 horsepower. Oh, yeah. Well, what was the equivalent Granada V6 at the time, the Cologne? Oh, yeah. That was maybe a hun- hun- maybe 130 horse? Yeah. Something like that. You know, that was a 2.8. Mm. I like a very smooth refined sounding but ultimately not very powerful six I quite like <laughs> yeah, it because they're so smooth that's it I think that there's a sort of almost the more that they try you, tr- you try and wring out some power from them it just it just somehow upsets the inherent smoothness and um just gets upset with you I slightly covet our neighbours pretty tidy not immaculate but pretty tidy um BMW 320i it's an E36 I've seen it I've yeah, the green it. one. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, you know the one I mean. And, yeah. it's, uh, and it makes a lovely noise. That BMW straight six sounds nice. I mean, less of the smoothness, more of the sort of sportiness. But it's a 320, so what would that have had? 
like a hundred and I don't know. That's a good question. One fifty maybe? I was going to say 140. I'm not even yeah. sure. I'm sure someone listening will be furiously someone. shouting, Ugh, you idiots! It's 143. Ugh, how could you not know that? I but, like um, that, though. I liked it when BMWs did the small six. Mm, the small six. Two litre mm. six is very sexy. Hey, there's something I was going to tell you about. Uh, for the past two or three weeks, I've been haunted by an interesting sounding car. Like, I've oh. been somewhere in the house. And I've heard something go by it, and it's quite raspy. Okay. Quite a sort of, but with a bit of bass to it. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. So it just it just sounds it sounds sporty, sporty sounding car, and I've heard it. It's going up our street, and every time I've tried to get to the front windows to see what it is, and I, and, and I've just missed it. It's disappeared, and I'd be like, "What is it? Why do I keep hearing it?" Like, you know, when you're people like us and you're a bit peculiar you, you know all your neighbors cars and you, you know do. the sounds of them there's no so i know when when the guy across the road starts that old three series i just know it's him <laughs> and the bloke down the street who's got that um golf r32 you know i know that you know that the sound of that a cold and, start on an r32 yeah very quite gruff but yeah. nice yeah and his son's now got a, a current shape mini cooper s and that makes you know sort of quite a fruity noise that's a bit raspy probably on cold start it is, and it's very BMW-ish somehow. The noise it makes, it's sort of like you go, ah, yeah. It feels like it's the distant relative, even though it's only a four-cylinder of the BMs. old six-cylinder three-series. It's just got that. There's a bass to it. They are, so I think they often intentionally loosen the exhaust um, shielding at the back. So there's always a, there's always a tin, a tingy, tangly tin. Uh, yeah, sound. What do you mean? And the, the I pin, think that's the, it. The pinnacle of that was the M Sport. Um, e forty six kind of three series. Everything was so zingy and tang and tingy. It was quite exciting, but it did sound yeah. like something was slightly loose. But I, I think I probably factory it. spec. It was deliberately just loose. It, it yeah. was designed that way. I guess those 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 things. Well, that's the thing. I thought sort of stuff calmed down a bit because noise regs probably got a bit tighter and all that sort of thing. So the mystery car, I finally. In fact, you know, the first oh, you, time I ran to the front of the house, I saw what oh, you it know was. It. You know it well. I saw what it was driving away, except I went, oh, well, it can't have been that. It must have been something else. The bloke at the end of the street yeah. has just got a new car. And it's a BMW 440i Grand Coupe. Oh. Okay, so and this is going to be... the like driving away, I was like, what? That can't be it. Because that's, that's still a six in that car. I was just about to say, this is where the badges get ultimately confusing, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Um, so it's not going to be four litre. No, it's... Uh, you say ooh. it's a six. You think it's a straight six. Well, it's a three-litre... It's a. Th- I'm saying this now with a sort of slightly to, misplaced confidence. No, I'm going to look this up to be I, sure. I, I, I'm just doing the same because I don't want people I think to feel like it's we a don't three know litre, It's a three-litre straight six with a turbo on it. That would Do be my... I feel like this is the first time in Smith & Sniff history where, where within five minutes of a podcast starting, we've mentioned cars which we just don't know the actual engine specs of. We didn't know oh, the, the capacity many. of the Toyota Crown. We didn't really know the horsepower output of a, of a 320BM. I mean, we are losing our touch, Richard. Here we go. Yeah, a three-litre straight six producing 321 horsepower. Is, oh, um, so can you buy... A, a grand coupe with a V8 in it. I don't think you can. Do you know what else? The BMW design has gone so absolutely cocking terrible recently that that <laughs> that, that old. I mean, it's essentially it's an outgoing car, isn't it? They won't be around for much longer, I would guess, because they're, yeah. they're refreshing everything. But 
that current shape four series grand coupe yeah with the most tacky stick on badge in history on the rear side window that says grand coupe and just looks like something you've bought from halfords i don't know why they do that oh i don't know why they do that it's awful but anyway the rest of it you sort of suddenly go actually in the context of what bmw are up to at the moment it's not a bad looking car yeah it's actually quite tasteful compared to some of the absolute dog shit they've been turning out recently but um uh Anyway, yeah, the first time I saw it driving up the street and I heard the noise, I was like, well, it can't have been that. It must have been something else has already gone. But then, then I heard it again and I went, and it was definitely that car. The guy, who he lives at the end of my street, and I, I, I've only met him a few times, and he's an extremely serious man. Is extremely he? Extremely serious. Yeah, I've never seen him smile. He's a very serious man. And Okay, okay. It's funny because he lives at one end of the street. The other end of the street, there's another very serious man. <laughs> You're bookended by seriousness. I've managed to make the very serious man at the far end of the street laugh once with a joke about my dog that I made in conversation. And he actually went <laughs> and smiled. And I was like, aha, I've cracked you. Oh, that's good. You broke the ice there. The guy at the top end of the street, so serious. And so the reason I bring this up is because he's bought the 440. He had an old, he had a five series, an old shape five series before that. He's he's just chopped in the um, the five the the five for this 440. First of all, I was like, well, you know, fair play. He's he's gone for quite a quite a spicy engine in that. Yeah, he has. I wonder if he got a deal. It seems Did, like he, is there, he, is there he, a he, hidden unseriousness underneath him that he likes secretly going for a little bit of a drive. But then it's like. The noise that car's making, is he setting off in sport mode? Because that's not a very serious man thing to do either. And, no. Uh, is it like is it like Mercedes where I think if you leave it in sport, doesn't it start back up in sport? It, it doesn't reset. Oh, I or, don't know. I know some manufacturers, when you leave it in it, it bloody stays in it because some people get cross about it resetting. Uh, or if you if you turn the car off for more than an hour, it fully resets. But if you say stop the car, go to the shop, get back in the car, it still is in spolt mode or whatever. But yeah, that's... You know what I mean? And, it doesn't do a full yeah. software reset. Yes, um, and I think you're right. I feel like BMWs do do that. Um, Maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he doesn't know. He thinks it's just jammed in that mode. He just, he doesn't, he just doesn't know. Or he's 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 sellotape the button down because he's like, I'm not. I've bought a car like this. I'm I'm not driving it in any other way apart from the M Sport mode, and that's it. It's a super aggressive maybe. everything. He wants really okay. aggressive throttle inputs. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe he's he's such a serious man that he wants to, the car to feel extremely serious and as if it's coiled and ready for action at all times, and and so that's sport mode. A mate of mine's just bought a, bought a car, and he he was going, it's got a sport mode. I've never had a sport mode before. And I said, have you used it? And he went, well, I put it in it once when I drove it away from the dealer and then went, oh, I don't like that, and put it back in. I was like, that's <laughs> as much as you'll ever use the sport mode, trust me. But um, another friend of mine who's got, who's got a Discovery Sport as their family car sent me a message the other day. He went, I've been so bored in lockdown, I put my car in sport mode. I've got a, a method of how to break the seriousness of the serious man, uh, The book, one of them bookending your street. Yeah. What I would do is I would make a point of, of 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 trying to bump into him as he goes out of his front door or to his car and just be super, super smiley and really energetic and just Oh I've tried that. Just totally wax lyrical about his car. Just go, I, oh. I, I, I didn't realise this was your car. I've been admiring it. It's absolutely wonderful. What a fantastic choice. Just be so gushy that it'll either scare the absolute 
bejesus yeah. out of him, or or he'll open up like a like a butterfly from a chrysalis. Yeah. Oh no, God! But then he might become like where well, he won't leave me alone because he just wants he to might talk be. about cars all the time. Yeah, but he might be. He might be a car bore, but he might be good. But I have just tried being pleasant to him as I walk by. Sometimes he's coming out of his house. I'm walking by with a dog, and I'll go, "Hello, good morning," and he always just goes, "Hello." in the most serious manner that it's possible to express. It's extraordinary how serious he really is. I, I, I have I have a problem with the other way around often. People latch on, and it's usually when I'm in a bit of a rush and I've got to crack on, and they want to just... They're obviously having a slow day, which is great for yeah. them. It's fantastic for them. That chap we met with a BMW i3 in a hotel car park. Oh, yeah. He, who, he was a nice who, guy nice guy but he was obviously not in a super big rush and we kind of were and well, he, was, we were. he was very keen to chat at length and uh it's it hard to i've got his business card on my desk actually have you just, yeah it's just here yeah uh but it's, it's very hard to go mate just it's it's you've it's had your time hard. now go i think it's the hardest thing in my in my in my adult life is knowing how to cut conversations short when i really have to get on without it sounding rude honestly because i don't know how to do it and it's a, a bit of a bone of contention between me and my wife because my wife will just go look i'm a bit busy so i'm going bye and and that's as that's as quick as that's as quick as she'll do it and i can't do it i just can't do it and it's it's a it's a really important trait that i just don't have well, I, I I feel I'm probably the same as you i mean i i, I get approached by far fewer people because you know you get recognised, don't you? And people come up and want to have a good old chat. But a bit, how not, are you? Not massively, but how are you at leaving parties and things? Does it take you a very long time? It does. Um, yeah. But what I've tried to do, I mean, I don't, I don't really get invited to that many parties um, anymore. Sadly, I'd like to, <clears throat> so I put a call out for some party invites. But I, I, <laughs> I, I, what I tend to do is I tend to make sure I'm, I've drunk a lot more. And then, and then I'll just stomp out and wave at say two select people, and they yeah. and, then, and don't think, don't give it a second thought. Whereas if I'm sober, and I leave the party, I feel like I owe it to everybody in the room, maybe to just yeah. kind of sign off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got to do, do it. Run. You've got to. It's a whole ceremony, basically, isn't it? It, it hey, is. Okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Give me that. Yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, good luck with the. Yeah. The, yeah. The, and you just yeah. And my wife was despairing about it. She's like, she'll come up to me and go, "I'm going." Right. I'm thinking we probably should go. So if you could start saying goodbye now, we should be out of here in 45 minutes. Like, <laughs> is that no, what she, is that like what she that. says? And then, yeah, and then an hour later, <laughs> I'm still going, hey, don't be a stranger. <laughs> there is something quite thrilling, though, about just fucking off. <laughs> we just fucked off from our I, wedding reception, which was was extremely hang good. on i was there but i was i know i was do you drunk. remember when we left i no, you don't because we I was just drunk. fucked off it was winding up i mean basically they'd stopped serving and we were being thrown out anyway and then my wife and i just went should we just go i think i don't think i i was i was talking to somebody about cars and fire breathing anyway i was i, I realized before we went on this long and winding road conversationally I, the thing i was going to raise with you right at the top of the show was yeah what do you think of the new Ford Bronco? It, I, I, I'm very excited. I think it looks cracking. I think it. Mm. I think they've they've done what Ford can do and has done in the past. They've they've just made something feel so desirable, but yet with a very reasonable price tag. 
Yeah. And and suddenly you want to be in the club. Well, Ford's always you? been king of the trimmings, hasn't it? You know, oh, yeah. In, in Europe, in the UK, certainly, it's like they were absolute masters of, you know, that hierarchy of ranges, you know, in the Cortina or the Escort or something like that. And just putting on, you know, the Escort XR3 was, when it came out, was not all that by all accounts, but it looks sensational, and that's yeah. what they're very good at, just looking – but it was also at a reasonable price, and I, yeah. I think that's probably true in the US as well. Because that, that new Bronco, like engineering-wise, there's nothing particularly exciting about it. It's 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 a body on frame. It's got Dana axles. Yeah, and, I mean, it's got that seven-speed seven manual. manual. But it's really it's, – it's a six-speed within a super-low crawler gear, isn't it? So in everyday life, if you're just driving on the road, you will just drive it like a six-speed, and then yeah. it's got a sort of dog-leg crawler on it, which is Which really is quite cool, actually. Idea. Yeah, it's quite practical. Th- there's no sort of radical engineering in it. It's a, it's a, it's a metal body dropped on a, on a big chassis, and that's, that's right. fine. It's fit for purpose. But what, what I think they've done very well is it's, it's the design and the – it's one of those cars where it feels like they've really gone to town and, and that the, the creatives and the people who cared passionately about it have beaten the accountants into submission. Yeah, they've led it throughout. It feels like a, it's got a good sort of a degree of passion to it. And, yeah. and cars like that are always quite desirable, aren't they? It's they sort are. Because you go, it looks like the people who made this really cared yeah. and really put heart and soul into it. And, you know, I'm sure at some point somebody in finance went... Right, you want to have removable doors. And yeah. Gone, yeah, it's really important to us to have that. And they're like, okay, but you also want to have an option where there's a door with a big hole cut in it. <laughs> yeah, we do want that. But that's, I mean, we'll have to do different tooling for that. I mean, that's just going to add cost. Yeah, well, we really want to do it. Uh, do you have to? Yes. And it's sort of stuff like that. We imagine that uh, knowing that Ford is a huge sort of corporate behemoth and that the inertia that comes with a company of that size and the sort of reluctance to do things that are not necessarily the most profitable but are nice and will be nice for the consumer, it's, I think, really hard to get stuff like that pushed through. And it feels like that's what the Bronco is. It's a monument of people just giving a shit and trying really hard to make it as interesting as possible. And that's why it's desirable. I'm with you. It's not going to be sold in the UK. I sort of feel it's probably scaled to the US and that it's going to be, it would feel very big over here and a bit sort of brash and American. But in the US, that will just sit perfectly in any landscape. And it, it's it's quite cool. I think it's brilliant. Someone, I read on social media maybe two days ago, whenever it was, somebody said, oh, and, I, and they're gonna, there's going to be an electrified version. And I've scoured trying to find if this is the case. I don't think it is confirmed, um, but I'd love it to be. I mean, bloody hell, if they could put Mac-E battery packs in it and have it as a four-wheel drive, pure off-road looking um, EV, then I'm in. I'm in. Mm. I think it picks up the reins where the FJ Cruiser left off. I know we seem to spend every podcast casually mentioning the FJ Cruiser, <laughs> and I don't, I don't find it's only that. only one or two, I think. Yeah, I I mean I do have a real thing for them, but of course we never got it over here. And that's a good point actually. I hadn't thought about that, but it is yeah, cuz it's sort of it's retro enough, but it doesn't it's feel not painfully retro. Totally navel gazing. Cuz here's a thing that I was just I was I was looking at the Bronco the other night and then I was I was, I was sort of just doing a bit of, you know, peripheral rabbit hole internet looking the the design of this new one is inspired by the original 60s Bronco, which to me was always a very gawky looking car because a track looked too narrow. It, it, yeah. And the new one 
the track is wider than the body it's got these bloody great arch extensions on it because it's so wide and that's you know looks so much better for it after that broncos were just sort of generic ford trucks whatever the sort of in-house style for their f-150s and, and that's right all their other sort of you know explorers and yeah. expeditions and things that came along the bronco just looked like those it wasn't an exceptional looking car it was really so sort of, no. i think quite generic and of its time always i think comically short wheelbase for the width yes. and the, yeah. <laughs> the and that the ruggedness of it you always went oh are you sure it, are you sure it should be that short i always love that i mean i guess it's good for off-roading with not very many overhangs mm. and all that stuff but mm. i do really i think that they've done a, 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 a done a brilliant job from what i can from what i can see and from what i've read i'm glad i'm glad because you know ford have spent a while doing average things and a lot of the things they have brought out have not felt passionate. I mean, the Mac, mm. the Mac E has got a lot of passion behind it, and obviously a lot of investment. And the Mustang is great, but um, there's only a certain number of kind of special edition Mustangs you can see, <laughs> uh, and also you know numbers of YouTube videos where they're crashing. But, yeah, um, obviously. I mean, that's the Mustang's main job, isn't it, to lose control outside of a car meet? That's that's what it's there for. But um, it's yeah, they're bringing out a special edition. It's called the Shelby um, Car Show Crash. Yeah, and it's uh, <laughs> it, it, what it tends to do. It's got line lock, but the line lock's really temperamental. It's not entirely going to tell you what it's going to do. So what it wants you to do is just mash the throttle, and it will decide when it releases and when it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> you just have well, to you, ride it, you, ride it out. You touch the throttle, and uh, which would nor at, at a rate that would normally sort of input you know, a sort of twenty percent throttle opening, but the ECU will then decide how much it actually opens the throttle electronically <laughs> anywhere between 50 and 100%. You, you don't know. At the same time, due to advances in steering technology now, which you usually used to sort of autocorrect for crosswinds and stuff like that, but on this Mustang, what it does is your inputs are then often massively magnified so it becomes a full flailing and sawing <laughs> at the wheel. So you get your signature double one way, other way, Final flick into windscreen wipers, and then yeah, windscreen wipers. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> now you can, if you're a purist, just hope that your flailing accidentally triggers the wipers in the accepted style that we we talked about the other week. Yeah, if you're a bit of a newcomer to this sort of stuff, then you can set in the central control screen so that during the loss of control the car will put its own wipers on uh, automatically to just to make sure you get that full loss of dignity without having to think about it. <laughs> It's it's called the is it called the sh- 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 Shelby Oh Shit Snake, yeah. um, <laughs> and it's obviously a very special map throttle map combined with. Uh, it's, it's a very very complex system, I mean you can't retrofit it. Um, it oh has no. to be ordered from the factory because of some of the nuances are, are, are really special. Um, oh, I'd love that. I think. It can talk using the very latest in in car car technology. It can actually talk to the car it's about to hit to make sure that its alarm goes off if it's parked, because that's always a good signature of a of a cars and coffee accident, isn't it? Smacking into a camera oh, on the other side of the street and its alarm goes off just to just draw to a bit more attention. Draw more attention to the accident <laughs> you've you... just had. <laughs> or what about as you're a, as you've engaged the sort of the Shelby. Uh, <laughs> Line lock roulette, as it might be called. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
as, as, as you engage it, does it have a public hailing system from the back arches that says, everybody start videoing this now? Yeah, yeah. start your camera phones and stand back. And it's and it's it's the ghost of Carol Shelby just warning everybody. <laughs> Do you know, also, you know how stability control can um, just apply the brake of one wheel to drag a car back into line? <laughs> this system, it, same same technique, but it's doing it to push a car offline. So it's like if it feels that you're not Breaking. flailing about and fishtailing wildly, it, it can just, you know, just, just nip a front disc so that it, it just tucks the nose in to really flick that tail around for full and embarrassing loss of control on a public highway. Hey, this could be the, the new... <laughs> This could be the new pro rodeo. You know, watching pro rodeo bull riding. Have you ever watched it? It's insane. Uh, yes. Yeah, um, where, you, where they have sponsored um, gear on, all the cowboy gear. It's incredible. It's like that, but with the Shelby Oh Shit Snake option. Yeah. <laughs> I think it could be a thing. It's it could brilliant. Be I don't know why we're putting this in the public domain. We should be in a meeting in Detroit right now. We absolutely should be. But I think going back to the actual thing that you talked about, which is the Blanco, um, which I I remember from watching um, American football on Channel 4 in the 80s. I remember the guy that used to do all of the the presenting for it, because for some reason in the 80s, American football gained a bit of interest in the UK mm. and I remember the Denver Blancos and he always had a speech impediment so that it would always be the Denver Blancos really yeah playing the I Cincinnati Bengals and I always like the Cincinnati Bengals because I like the, the sort of I like the design of their helmet uh, is that interesting um there's well I was going to ask you because I feel like you understand American cars and American car culture a bit more than me and I'm intrigued by the fact that you can take the doors off this this new Bronco Yes. Um, which obviously they've done because you can take the doors off a Jeep Wrangler. <coughs> yes, I was just about to which say. Which seems to be its, it's sort of its most direct rival. Yeah. Um, but the Bronco's doors look like proper car doors. The Wranglers always look a bit old school, a bit sort of flimsy. You know, it's just a stamp bit of tin. Like Caterham doors. Yeah. Now, these Bronco doors look proper, and they've got proper door cards. You know, they seem like they are. And I presume they've got side impact beams and stuff in them. Now... Have you ever picked up a car door? Yeah, they're really heavy. I've dropped they're one on really my foot. Heavy. Yeah. Oh. And they're quite sharp, obviously, when you take them off yeah, the car. Yeah, they're just a pain. Now, I've noticed that the, the Bronco doors are frameless. Ah, uh, yes, they are. Uh, which I, I gather is so that you drop the window and then it's just the lower door panel. And you on the fore door, you can store all four doors in the boot. Um because they noticed, I read this thing, Ford engineers did a, this a, a, an indication of the sort of background research they did before they committed to this car. They went and did a load of trails around the US. And one of the things they noticed was people with Wranglers would sometimes leave their doors chained to a tree while they went off on the trail, doorless. And they didn't... Chained? Yeah. Well, wow. I guess you don't want someone to nick your doors. Or no. they'd just be dumped, you know. They, I think they said they'd just, sometimes they'd just be there, lying there in, in the grass. And... They didn't want that to happen for Bronco owners. So they've got to work hard to make sure that you can carry the doors with you. So they, they, that's what drove them to become frameless. But even so, they're still going to be bloody heavy. I mean, no, they, they, will, they will I'd be, be intrigued to know be. how much they, they weigh. Actually, frameless question, doors are harder to pick up as well. Yeah, because there's no window yeah. frame, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a bit painfully practical to point out. but Well, I know, but my question <clears> is, and I don't, I don't know why I think you'd know the answer is, but why the bloody hell are they so obsessed with taking the doors off i mean 
you're just going to get really dirty. I think it goes back to the... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It goes back to the cowboy era of feeling like you're, you know, you're, you're riding a horse bareback and you're being a bit more, it's a bit more free. free. If you're off-roading in a... And this is mostly off-roading. It can be on-roading. It's that feeling mm. of being closer to the edge of danger. But also in a doorless car, a Jeep or whatever, when you're off-roading, of course, your line of sight is much better for rock crawling. And Well, um, I did wonder if it was that. But, I mean, I thought if you've got the windows down and the roof off, you can, you know, you can sort of pop your head out of the, yeah. out of the side. I, it's, I mean, I do get that. but That's why these sort of viewing screens indoors, which became really popular in lorries, didn't they? Um for blind spots for um, cyclists and pedestrians. So, you know, the lower part of a lorry door, often they have a window. Yeah, and they've, yeah. And they've had those now since the 70s in some lorries, I think. Oh, so I wonder, that's the point of those other, the optional Bronco doors with the holes in them. Yes. They're a sort of halfway house where you can see out, but yes. you don't. Because so have I've, you ever driven a car with no doors? I have, yeah. I've, and I've driven a car with sliding doors that you can leave open, which is really cool. It's, I find it very strange. Like, I, f- I feel self-conscious that people can see my trousers. It's just like, I don't... It, it's an odd experience <laughs> well, somehow. You definitely do need to wear trousers in a doorless car because otherwise you get yourself with a host of problems. You can't be shirt-cocking um, <laughs> in that instance. I think that would be very unfortunate, also illegal. But, um, yes. Oh, I know what I was going to say. That the When you were talking about the original Bronco being quite spindly... Hmm. I think what Ford engineers have, or designers have cleverly done is they've just looked at every single resto-modded Bronco that's been done. Mm. And the first thing that people do is widen the track and put more balloon-esque kind of tyres on it. Yeah. Um, and it just, seems to, it just seems to make it a lot more handsome, doesn't it? And I suppose yeah. you, could, you, could always, you could always make it skinnier. Um, yeah, if you want it, and of course, Icon do their Icon Bronco, don't they? Mm. Um, yeah, but even some of theirs, I think, still look a bit gawky somehow. It's like it's. I, I, there's a press picture. One of the press pictures that Ford put out last week is of a yellow two door Bronco parked on a beach with um with an original. And, yes, I've got that. Uh, on, yeah, I downloaded that image. Yeah, and I think the original just looks. <clears throat> really frumpy, and then you realise the new one. Although it's inspired by the original, it's it's sort of, it's quite clever the way they've done it. Like you know, the the, the original has a has a flat front. It's absolutely flat. It's totally flat. Yeah. The new one's sort of got an homage in the grille and the headlights, 
but it's got some curvatures at the front, like modern cars do, um, and it's got much more sort of curvatures to the sides, even though it's still quite flat side, and it's just it's just a much better looking car. I, I think the only person that doesn't isn't going to like the new Ford Bronco is going to be Land Rover. Well, and I think that's because obviously the Defenders being wheeled out as we speak. In fact, I saw one over the weekend in Norfolk. Did you? It, it wasn't Prince Philip, and because um, <laughs> it was on its wheels. <laughs> but I, I, I do think it could pose a serious threat to the Defender because it's it promises all this utility and you know the the the, the, the kind of fun and carefreeness and ruggedness, but also with just enough luxury and tech for you to go oh, okay yeah i can live with that okay yeah i've got ford sinks infotainment that's pretty good that's solid yeah okay. from what i can gather it's not short of tech it's not no. a basic car you know it's it's got everything you'd probably want and i do think it probably will give the new defender a bit of a hassle See? in the u.s because the basic bronco base two-door bronco is um 29 five or under thirty thousand dollars which is yeah i mean the exchange rate's cac at the moment but that's still sort of 20 25 24 grand here so That's seriously cheap we don't we don't get cars that cheap do we i mean not a big old no four by four and it's it feels like also the basic one like the basic defender when I, I was looking into how much kit a basic defender's got on it and it's actually surprising it's got pretty much everything you'd ever want it's yeah like got cruise control and heated seats and stuff they usually make you pay more for but <laughs> yeah the bronco i don't think it's that well equipped as a base model although it looks ace when it's in base trim, ace of base, it because it's uh, got steelies on it. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's under thirty thousand dollars for a basic one, and then you can start playing tunes on the spec to your heart's content, just like the new Defender. But but you know, the new Defender is is the new Defender's better, I think, because Land Rovers, as standard, are just more luxurious these days. Like you say, when you say I just want a base model Defender, it's mm. not it's not that base, is it? I'm driving. No. In fact, this week. I'm driving a um, a Toyota Hilux um, single cab pickup. Oh yeah, yeah. And I asked Toyota for the, their their entry level, so the cheapest pickup Hilux you can get. And it arrived, and they actually apologised to me and said, "I'm really sorry, this one's metallic silver, so that is a 600 quid option." But apart from that, <laughs> it's so it, but it's sitting there on really. We apologise for our decadence. Yeah, honestly, and that is the only option. And 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 it's it's just wonderful. It's got it? it's got balloon tires on on nice deep dish black steel wheels. It's like I said, single cab, so super long bed. But even in totally base trim, it's actually got quite a lot inside it. Really, you know, mm. and it's got because of course these days it's cheaper to probably put electric mirrors in than manual mirrors because nothing has manual mirrors anymore. Yeah, and um, and it's got infotainment that's probably taken from a Corolla or whatever. Uh, going back to what I was saying about taking the doors off a Bronco, and I was thinking, I was like, God, I bet those doors weigh a lot. I mean, God, they've got electric window motors in them, and then I remembered that electric windows these days are lighter than the manual equivalent mechanism because. When Lotus put electric windows in the Elise, you know, all the purists were outraged. Oh, they're losing the purity and the and lightness. And, it's, and, and Lotus, I checked this with Lotus quite recently to make sure I wasn't misremembering it. Um, the electric window mechanism was fractionally lighter than the manual system that it, it replaced. So, and the same with, I think, Renault and Peugeot and people used to, you know, like the 306 Rally had wind-up windows to sort of make the statement of how minimalist it was. But it's all bullshit. The, and, and Renault stopped doing it with the sporty Clios because it, no Clios had manual windows anymore. Even a basic 1.2 Clio had electric windows. So it was it was more trouble than it's worth to 
engineer a wind-up system just to sort of make a point about look how committed to purity we are because it's bollocks mm. sorry i just went off no i I, um, I i i i was i was just trying to think of the name of the uh electric classic bronco project which you can order in the states oh. it's the zero labs is the name of the company it was on the tip oh, of my okay. tongue and they do an electric old school bronco kind of reimagined it's a beautiful thing absolutely beautiful um well so that's the i think that's the main reason why the bronco in its current form won't come to the uk or europe is because for us no right-hand drive at the moment but for for mainland europe it, it would completely frig ford's fleet emissions average yeah because it's got the, the base one is a four-cylinder turbo, isn't it? And then there's a 2.7 That's V6. right. So you've got 2.3 four-part, 2.7 EcoBoost uh, V6. But it's a hefty old thing because it's a separate chassis and it's all steel and everything. So it's going to be, you know, CO2-wise, it's probably going to be pretty... Tursty. ...high figure. And that will just... That will just absolutely... Well, you know, it won't... It won't there won't be enough yeah. one-litre Fiestas to offset that. And it's just not <laughs> worth their while to do it because, you know, everyone's worried about their fleet fleet averages now so um that's why it won't come which is a shame but if they do get their finger out and do an electric one then maybe that would change but then would they want to just market an electric one when its target market is probably a little bit trad and wants- yeah but give it give it 18 months rich give mm. it give it 18 months after launch and the the mackies already out there and the the early adopters or the you know the frenzy of of, of the the broncos been there been waved over them then you can go well hang on let's just do what ford used to be amazing at and just combining their parts bins and cleverly mm. cloaking them yeah i'd love the ev drive i mean i'd love it if our jimny was electric i'd love it if the new defender was available in electric form I think it would just be fantastic, or even you know, a very very generous plug-in hybrid from launch. Mm. Yeah, I think it's going to come, isn't it? But they they're, they're a bit screwed on the Defender because it's largely based, albeit sort of loosely, on the current Range Rover platform, which yeah. is actually getting a bit old. And there'll be a new Range Rover on a new platform next year. Yeah, but they couldn't wait that long to do the Defender, and the new platform is fully sort of compatible with full electric or, or plug-in hybrid or all the rest of it, and that old platform it's a bit harder to finagle the batteries yeah. in there so it's yeah. the same thing it's like why you know why the defender is or you know 40 grand or whatever um and a, a bronco can be under thirty thousand dollars is because ford can twin it with the next ranger yeah and yeah. develop a, a bespoke separate chassis for it and do all that sort of stuff land rover can't do it their only option was to pair it with the range rover and Bowet and the Disco 5. And they're all expensive, complicated, all aluminium cars. It's like they couldn't ever sell the Defender down to a price much below what they've they've got it to. So it's a sort of different car, isn't it? You can see where it's come from, but it's not completely beholden to its past. It just nods to the old Defender without getting too wrapped up in it. The Bronco's more retro, and that's fine. I sort of feel like they've both gone their own ways. They're both nice-looking cars. Best of luck to them. But the, the, the range of options and the things that you can do to the Bronco, I did sort of think, that does make the Defender options look a bit unimaginative. Like, there's loads of options on the Defender, but I don't think they're quite as as sort of broad and as interesting as we've done with the Bronco. Like, where yeah. all the grab handles are held on with Torx bolts, and you can just you can replace them. You can start mucking around, take things off, put things on. You know, it's really, yeah. they've gone to town. It's, it's, it's hands-on. 
which is yeah. what the Jeep Wrangler is in the States. It's just the Jeep Wrangler over here is too expensive, so people just go, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just buy. Although, as a mate of mine, he's on his second Wrangler four door, and the reason he's a he's a car guy, and he you know he's had a series of nine eleven turbos and stuff, and he's but he he loves the Wrangler because he said it's the only sort of spacious family four door that's also a convertible, and his kids just love that. You know, in the summer they just take the roof off and they zoom about. But the first thing he's done to both of the Wranglers that he's had is have them lifted and big wheels put on because he wants the he wants the full monster truck flavor. Yeah, he wants the look. Yeah. It's all for the look. It, it is all for the look. Roading, I'm I'm but, thinking you know. of body lifting the chimney. I haven't decided yet. I also <laughs> haven't told my wife who owns the car uh, yet. <laughs> don't tell her. Just one day she'll come out to it and go, "Why is it harder to get into now?" Yeah. Well, apparently it's, bit, it's apparently it's stiffer, so it will it will address the sort of hobby horsing a little bit. Oh, really? But yeah, but at the same time, huh. it's it's not exactly required, is it? I don't really need to do it. Oh, I know. What I wanted to talk about in this cast. Wanted to talk about that um that 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 series on is it Netflix? Um, the basketball um. The Last sh- Dance. Sh- yeah, Last Dance, Chicago Bulls. Uh, yeah, we just finished that. It's really good. I mean, I basketball's the only game I I play or have played. What? It's the only it's the only game I've ever probably 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 been interested in. Really. Really, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I've played basketball fairly regularly since um, my mid early twenties. I sort of di- I stopped doing it for a long time, and my school never played basketball, so I, I was never like um I was never sporty as a kid. But I always liked basketball, and then when this when this uh, and I, I love I, I always wanted a pair of Air Jordans when I was a kid but couldn't mm. afford them they were a hundred quid in 1990 I remember that I told my kids that they they sort of but looked at me went God I yeah mean, they, they probably... were a hundred quid in 1990 I remember seeing them in the window of the sports shop and just thinking that's just unattainable that's like a McLaren F1 should I hang on there's an inflation calculator somewhere online I'm going to find oh, out what that is. Oh, please do, just to rub my nose in it, yeah. Well, no, because I think that's, that's loads of money. I, I can't re- believe they were that expensive. They were 100 but... quid in 90, and if I'm right, I think Reebok pumps were about 90 quid. They were just underneath that with the little... Do you remember the basketball that you pump the tongue up with? Yeah. Those ones. So a friend of mine got a pair of those, and I had the Nike Air Max 90, which I was very proud of, the orange and white, and I saved up for those and then got them as a like a birthday and christmas present i think or something and they were 60 quid so they were i think they were really expensive uh are you ready for this yes today or near as damn it that 100 pounds in 1990 would be round it up 230 quid wow that's a lot for a pair of daps as they say in Wales. for a pair of trainers possibly made in vietnam yeah that is a yeah. lot isn't it Whoa! Um, that's my favourite. One of my favourite gags from Flight of the Concords. You ever watch Flight of the Concords? And they've got a song about um, kids, slave kids making um, trainers. <laughs> and obviously, it's all supposed to be a joke. But it's got this thing where it goes: you, you've got you're turning kids into slaves to make cheaper sneakers. But what's the real cost when the sneakers don't seem to get cheaper? <laughs> how can you charge so much for sneakers when they're made by little slave kids what are your overheads <laughs> anyway um it, yeah uh that, that amazing stat from that that series was um about how i think i'm going to get the figures wrong here but roughly they said 
Nike back then was not the big sort of sports behemoth that it is now. It no, was quite a relatively it was small a young company. startup, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they thought their target was something like to sell $7 million worth of Air Jordans in the first year, and they actually did $120 million worth. Something like Sugar that. They just absolutely theory. just went completely off the scale, and that was it. They were sort of rocketed into the big league. And well, it was the guy that did that marketing deal is probably one of the most successful marketeers to have walked the earth. But what the reason why I wanted to bring it up in the cast is because, as you will have seen, I, I, I really kept chuckling when I saw Michael Jordan being shadowed by the camera crew. Um, in his was it a P thirty eight Range Rover? He did in some of the archive. He had a P thirty eight. I think before that, in some of the older archive, he had a classic Range Rover, but an LSE. You know the long wheelbase one. Yes, it was an LSE. I think was it white? I thought it was black. But or was it? I know. I remember now. The P thirty eight made me um, laugh because it had the. Um, I think it had the the headlight guards and everything. Oh, yeah, he'd gone accessory. <laughs> he had, he had, he had. But given the P-38's <laughs> reputation for... Oh, actually, someone corrected me a while ago. People call them P-38s, but technically, it was the 38A. And oh. they, they sort of, and it was originally called the Pegasus. That was a code name for it. And then it became 38A, and people sort of merged the two. Pegasus yeah. is a horse that can fly. I know. That's so apt. A Range Rover that can go wrong. But, um, Air Jordan and Pegasus, that's like a, yeah. that's a oh, yeah. match made in heaven. They both fly. But that I thought, you know, the number of times that he must have been late for training because his 38A was... Oh, can you imagine of, it just smouldering in, in, in the commuter traffic? He also, he had, in one of the later episodes of the documentary, they had some archive from towards the end of, you know, the glory days of the, of the Chicago Bulls. And he had... A Porsche 993 Turbo S. Yes, I was about to bring this up. Yes, he did. Proper wide body. Now, that's at the time, I guess he bought it new and that was his car. And I think they they were quite expensive, weren't they? Because they were very limited. They were very Probably it was over $100,000, I would guess. Yeah. But that is now possibly a sort of what 400 grand car something like that they're oh, silly money they're aren't they? silly they're money absolutely crazy money but, those cars so he just shits dollars michael jordan i i mean you can't knock the guy's determination even when mm. he's at the top but i i thought the fact that he had the number plate air on yeah. his obviously <laughs> air air cooled uh, mm. 993 911 turbo s yeah. and i thought I thought, hang on, if he if he turned up at one of these um, Luft occult shows, whatever they're called, yeah, um, I don't devil worshipping in flat six people, and then the <laughs> 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 Luft occult. Um, I always imagine there's a lot of Luft occults go to those things. No, I, I, oh, well, I, I've not been to one. I, I'd like to go to one, but I, yeah, oh, God, it, I'd have too. to turn up in my Beetle. Uh, and, and lord it up um, in that sort of de- de- delusional way um, I, I I love the fact that he's got that number plate for Air obviously he is Air Jordan the leaping um, absolute unbelievable player I mean I knew he was an unbelievable player but when you watch that documentary even if you're not interested in basketball well no I'm a- not I didn't know anything about it at all my wife you know is American so she was aware much more than me of, of the- that whole run of, of seasons in which Chicago Bulls were unstoppable but oh. I, I had very little knowledge of it and I just found it fascinating yeah I can't yeah. even put my finger on why I think it's just it's a good story and with good characters it's a and, good story poor old Scotty Pippin 
yeah. forever the bridesmaid, but so sort of, you know, so amazing. stoic and so committed, and and obviously a great player in his own right. But just he's not Michael Jordan because no, no one else is, and that's so he's always a bit second fiddle. But but in a yeah. way, I think he's Scotty's realised that not being Michael Jordan has its uses because he he's, yeah. he can live more of a normal life. You know, Michael yeah. had that thing of being hounded to pieces. Mm. Be, and, he, and possibly never ever relaxing. Apart from the fact that I loved it in true '90s style, they would they would be running around and at the peak of their fitness, but they'd always have a cigar after a game. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that, and I love the idea of him also. He had a Corvette or several Corvettes, and yeah, I just thought a lot to of myself, Corvettes showing up. A Corvette's known for their legroom. I mean, the guys. I mean, Michael John's not as tall as a lot of other pro players. I know. Um, but they were C5s, I think, weren't they? The ones, a lot of them, that cropping up. And yes. I think that that's when it got a, bit, a lot bigger, didn't it? It was like, that's probably the... Yeah. I'm, I know some American listener will get cross with this, but I'm, I, I feel like that's the biggest the Corvette got because then it, it's, it's sort of got more compact recently, hasn't it? And um, well, I remember going on a German exchange visit with school and one of the teachers at the German school was exceptionally tall. I'd say nearly seven feet tall. And... I love the fact that I caught him one morning turning up in the school car park um, and parking up, and he was in a Renault 4. Oh. And because I was interested in cars and I was trying to practice my German, I tried to strike up a bit of a chat with him and say, what an interesting choice of car, you know. I I thought, and I I realised at the time quite a lot of German people bought German cars. Hmm. I said, why have you got this car? And he said, the simple answer is, it's the roomiest car I can find. And because it had such soft suspension, and he wasn't just seven feet tall, he was a broad man, he was a big guy. He wasn't fat, he was just big. When he got in it, it genuinely, it sat down on the driver's side <laughs> and drove lopsided <laughs> out of the car park. <laughs> it was just so good. We yeah. should probably bring this to a close in a minute, but I did just want to say the, the, the thing I enjoyed about The Last Dance, which if anyone's listening and hasn't seen it and they've got Netflix, I would heartily recommend it, even if you're not into basketball or indeed sport. That's true. It's, it's fantastic. But apart from the cars, the thing I enjoyed most about it and all of the archive footage from the 90s was the sheer amount of baggy linen suits. <laughs> Unbelievable. And just when you thought yes. you'd seen the baggiest suit you could ever possibly see in your life, the next shot, MJ saunters in and he's wearing a sort of tailored surface tent of linen with a double breast in, a, in, in lemon yellow. And you just go, holy mother of God, like you couldn't go out in a breeze in that thing. It would just carry you away. What so are those, much baggy linen. What are those squirrels that can jump from one tree to another and fly? Flying squirrels, well, yeah. Flying, <laughs> Air Jordan the turns entire, into a flying linen squirrel. The entire championship winning Chicago Bulls squad of the 90s could fly from tree to tree <laughs> on wings of pure linen. Incredible. There is and so I much. I thinking. So, so much. It's like the linen industry... In the late 90s, you imagine someone going to the boss's office and going, um, boss, I've, I'm a bit worried that suits are getting a bit slim fit. No, nonsense. We're living in linen times. This will never happen. <laughs> when Pierce Brosnan became Bond, he, he, he took in quite a slim fit suit to the role. Yes. And it was the writing on the wall. There was no surplus fabric. Absolutely not. He was like a pencil. 
it was he was just absolutely shrink wrapped in immaculate tailoring but no linen and certainly no mc hammer crotch and just <laughs> a, a jacket that sort of seems to go way below the arse oh it's, it's, i was gonna say the ja- the other thing is is for 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 those guys who obviously are, are in serious physical shape if i had a if i had a physique like that i probably wouldn't wear what looks like a sort of linen cloak over the top, <laughs> the top of it <laughs> it's funny you should point that out it's really tickled me because both me and my wife looked at one another we were watching go what the bloody hell's going on with the looseness of those <laughs> suits the suits are too loose what are you doing <laughs> they're so loose you forget that was the 90s I mean the number of times that Michael Jordan must have accidentally shut some unspecified part of his linen suit in the door of his Range Rover LSE because there's just so much fabric Can you, you imagine possibly you possibly gather it all up it's like a fucking wedding dress <laughs> The thing is, he shuts the door and he can take three long paces before he knows his suit's caught in the door. <laughs> also, let's be honest, the panel fits on a classic Range Rover. He could probably just then pull the linen through quite easily. But just a bit of oil on it. it. Yeah, it's just got a bit of road dirt on it, which is annoying because it's light salmon pink, so that's going to need dry cleaning. I'm going to have to watch Last Dance again just for a linen suit tally because there's some unbelievable colours. Somebody on YouTube needs to do a baggy linen suit supercut <laughs> of just those moments from the last dance. I beg you out there, someone with time and the inclination, which I admit is quite strange, please do this. Um, oh, that probably, <laughs> probably tickled me there, has. Well, this is probably a billowing light fabric moment to bring things to a halt. So um, thank you very much for listening to the Smith & Sniff podcast. We're here every week, every Monday morning, putting these out on all the usual pod places and on YouTube as well. But you probably know that because you're listening to this already. So um, if you're looking for other things to do, uh, Johnny's Car Pervert channel has many, many treats on it. Uh, Videos involving, what's your latest one? Polestar, you've just done, haven't you? Polestar 2, yeah. Yeah. and uh, if you are super, super bored, I have written a medium-sized book of very boring car trivia, which is available through Amazon as a paperback or an ebook. We will see you again next week. Won't oh, and see don't forget you. to like and, like and subscribe. We won't see you, but we'll imagine you. And if you have any exactly. burning topics which you desperately want us to cover on, on this show... Oh, God, yeah. We asked last week, didn't we? We've had a few good ones, and I forgot to mention that we, we, we'll do... Maybe next week we'll just do... We'll answer your questions. How about that? Yeah, less um, less linen, more cars. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, uh, like a flying fox with linen wings, uh, <laughs> we drift slowly away. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Michael Jordan being able to base jump wearing only a smart suit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 